Okay, good evening. So we are talking about chinuch, raising our children, really, as I, as I mentioned last week, whatever stage in life, uh, we are influencers. We influence others, uh, certainly our children, our family, our wives, directly. And the, the, I actually had lunch today with somebody who is a business person, a successful business person. I was telling him about the obligation of Kiruv, he's a from Jew. And he, and, and he pointed out, of course, you could live by example. I said, that's very nice, but, but if you're not around, not from people, not yet religious people, then you're not, you're not an example because they don't see you. So sometimes you have to go out and do. Other times, if you're in a shul, if you're part of a community, if you're part of an extended family, I, yeah, let me just, if you have irreligious siblings, nephews, nieces, cousins, brothers, sisters, I believe uh, everyone in this call has that, by the way, then you certainly are able to show by example, but whether it's Kirov, whether it's uh, what a religious Jew is supposed to be doing, whether what it's what what they're supposed to be doing. So something very often it can be by example. Other things, uh, there are there's a there's a way to actually help educate, which we'll discuss. So over time, the Eliyahu, time Eliyahu, of course, is a medrash, which Rav Anan taught the teachings of Eliyahu Hanavi, uh, according to many. This is follows Ma'isav Adam Echad. There was a person Shayaimid who uvnei. Bno, him and his son were in the shul, the basic nesses. Everyone was saying Amen Haluka. In the old days, by the way, the Gemara and Sukkah, we know that Lamed Chesim and Beis point out that it was common, they would say Haluka. Uh, and he, the, 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 everyone was doing it. And his son sitting there talking things of. Uh, nonsense, stupidity, sports, uh, entertainment, whatever he was talking about. So everyone's davening in shul, and this guy's son is just talking about narushkeit, nonsense. His father didn't say a word to him. The people told him, tell his son, now, I remember, by the way, for, this, for, the, for the people on this call, again, I, I can tell you there are many, 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 many people who see this during the week because of the numbers. Um, but for you, you all remember Mr. Keisler. So actually, I just saw his nephew. I was in a, in a convention. He had a nephew who, when Mr. Keisler moved to, to Borough Park the last few months of his life, so I worked with his nephew to, to, to get that done and to get all the details done, and that's where he was nifter. Uh, so, I reminded Mr. Kaiser, so there's sometimes in Shulhi after davening, he says, how come this boy, he's not davening? Tell his father, he, he, it bothered Mr. Kaiser, so he would tell me to tell the father. I remember once a boy turned bar mitzvah in the shul, and he says to me, I didn't see him for shachris. He said, when I was younger, a boy turned bar mitzvah, he knew he'd come to shachris. And I, you know, in his mind, you had to... Now, he was uncomfortable going over to somebody unless he was comfortable. Uh, but it bothered him. And, and, and so and it bothered him for good reason. He was concerned what would happen uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the boy. 
So, so these parents, people told the father, say something to your son. What am I going to tell him? He's only a kid. Let him play. And the next day, this happened. And the whole Yom Tif has happened. People were davening, and this child was just talking about the father said nothing. Lo yatsa of that one, two, or three years passed, and Achimesu that this individual, this father who watched his son basically treat the shul and without even caring to discipline his son whatsoever, uh, as uh, as a place of uh, irreverently. This guy's wife and children die, so much so that 15 people in his family die. Now, by the way, uh, you can't just have somebody, per se, die because of this kid talking. It means there is a level of culpability, that, but part of it, uh, a couple for other things, but part of it is, Khalila, if somebody dies, if a spouse dies, it hurts the, the living. So it has to be their own cheshvah, it has to be their own accounting for it. There has to be some kind of method. And this person was had to suffer to see 15 family members die. Now, again, we're not going into uh, all the cheshbonis, but we know that, that obviously this person had potential because Hashem does not necessarily punish, does not necessarily punish wicked people in this world. to let them enjoy this world and get clapped a punished in the next world. This guy actually had tremendous ancient punishment in this world for not disciplining his son. That for him, it, it, it was he, he was he was punished, which means that he was a person who could have done better and should have known better. And he lost all of his feeling until all he had it was a son who was a chigur, the sumo who was lame and blind, and one son was a shaita virasha. In other words, he was punished terribly for being apathetic and doing nothing to discipline his son. Shuv ma'isa'abad, this is all entirely biliyahu. Another ma'isa was a person, echad, shayimishar ba'atzmo. Okay. It was a person who had regrets. He got older, and he had not studied shlokar v'loshana. He didn't go to yeshiva, he did not take the opportunity that when he was younger to learn Torah, and now he was an older man and was unlearned. Pam Acha, so this is Eliyahu Navi talking now. I was with him in the shul. When the Shluch Tzibar got to Kedusha, he said he said Kedusha very loudly. This unlearned person davening like he's a Yom Kippur davening, like a, like a real, like a gadol. What he means, he was saying with Kavana and out loud, why, what's, you're so careful with this. So this person said to Eliyahu Navi, Lo dai? Is it not enough? Shalom Karisi Veloshanisi that I did not learn Mikra, I didn't learn Tanakh, I didn't, I didn't learn G- 
Now I have an opportunity. This is a tremendous lesson here that a person, sometimes people either give up or, 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 or they, they, they failed on one opportunity, so they just throw in the, throw the towel and miss the other opportunities. They just don't look for them. This individual looked, this and I can't, I'm not going to learn shots right now. Those, this is, by the way, for the record, this is pre-art scroll. <laughs> this is pre-Torah Torah tapes or Zoom Torah or all kinds of other things. So there were, there were, it was more challenging, per se, for, uh, for an Amar. And by the way, I don't, it's most likely pre-the Gemara being written down. It's Torah Shabal Peh, was Torah Shabal Peh. So it was harder to catch up later in life than today. So he says, Lo dai shalom karisi lo shanisi. But that just tells you how great Rabbi Kiva was because Rabbi Kiva, in a world where there is no props and tools, he literally went as a 40 year old man to Cheder to start from scratch. In his 40s, he went with three year olds to learn um, from scratch because that was the only way he could have done it, essentially. So he says, I can, I can do something great. I have permission. I have the ability to do something. I raise my voice. I praise Hashem. And it brings comfort to me that I can be able to serve Hashem. I can't open a, there's no Gemara, but I can't learn to And But this I can do. Amru, Eliyahu says, Lo and I was comparing and contrasting to the previous guy who was punished terribly because he could have done more for his not disciplining his son. This guy, it was not past one or two or three years. That this man was motivated. In other words, the mitzvah was Gerasa Mitzvah. He went from Bavol and went to Eretz Yisrael. Amdu he was uh, given land by the, the Caesar, Roman Caesar, and he was put in charge of it was, uh, uh, a level of governor, uh, to be a governor of all of the towers of, of Eretz Yisrael, and they gave him a place to build his house. He had a Yerusha, an inheritance for his children, of fortune for generations to come, and he was rewarded because he did what he could. So this is a tremendous lesson. We, a person, you can't, you can't. I, I, I once heard it from Rosh Hashiva. You can't pick your children. You can pick your sons-in-laws, right? You can't. You're given children. Sometimes you can control. You can't control. We're obligated to do what we can, and that applies to ourselves as well. Here was an individual who had not. And he wasn't about Shuva, by the way. He wasn't about Shuva, but now what we call about Shuva. He obviously knew better in his youth, did not seize the opportunity to learn Torah, and now he was an older man. And you would say to yourself, Vas Kementan, what could he possibly do? He did what he could, and he was rewarded. We're obligated to do what we can. Actually, just speaking of Mr. Keisler, how did I just speak to? Who did I just speak to? Oh, Chaim Roberts. So, I, I remember Mr. Keisler, his yard tits about to come up. 
I remember the Kaiser was learning to we learned with Brenton Ragozin. <laughs> Actually, he would kill Brenton Ragozin, November Ragozin. He would give him a hard time, and if he didn't like what he said, he would really give it to him. But like now, you look at Mr. Kaiser, he, he he he's not here. Ragozin was teaching Torah to Chaim Abbas and Brenton. I know learned with a few people. Who are who is helping out Leonid Sokolovsky and other people? He's now t- teaching over the Torah uh, uh, of Mr. Kaiser, which he gave him the skill set to do to other people. So that's a continuous. Mr. Kaiser didn't have any, really have really children, so he's giving over um, uh, that that uh, that that who to, children who could do this. So he's giving over that Mr. So a guy like Brenton Rigozin, he didn't have an opportunity. He for sure didn't have an opportunity when he was younger to do this. And he learned much later in life. And now he's sharing that Torah. So you can tell if you see if you see him that uh, he made our share tonight. Uh, but but it's really he was able able to go over. He's it's just gonna go back now very briefly. It's again it's not it's a little bit I don't call it controversial, but somewhat controversial about the hitting. But it, it, again it's it's no get to the extent um, it's pertinent for us to know not only because there's a concept of the concept of Chaim holds it, but just to see how we, we it's also for ourselves and for other people as we'll see. I mean, if you ever hit a child, which is a nuclear option, you can never hit heart. If you hit a child, the Gemara says you should hit him with a shoelace. And in other words, the gets the Gemara says, hit him with a shoelace. The point is it It's not to hurt the kid. It's to, make, it's to teach the kid. The point of a of an old time teacher to give a kid a patch was to give him ema. Was to give him a level of fear, a level of of, of reverence and respect. You're not hitting him out of a cruelty or anger. Showed you can't hit a kid, I think it's hard, but again with a little strap, like a shoelace, the Talmud says. Because of a svarm, you can never patch a kid. This applies, by the way, as I mentioned last time, not just patching, but also um, but also uh, screaming, disciplining. If you ever want to get your point across, you can never do it in a moment of anger. Ki azlot Although it's good, the only thing that will happen is kas. the child will learn to get angry. Right? And if a, a, the kid's reaction will be to scream if something goes wrong. Um, I, I've been around people that uh, you see the way they act. If there's a spill, there's a calm reaction. And very often other people are spill and scream. Why? Because their parents screamed. So they assume their brain is trained when they see something spill or something happen, to scream because that's that's their habit almost, and that habit was created by seeing the way their parents reacted to spills. And that's just a small example, but certainly if you scream at a kid, first of all, they 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 look at you or a, a spouse, as I mentioned, or a person. If you lose your temper, you, you you think you're you're helping anyone. You're not helping anyone. You're just hurting yourself. When 
person should teach themselves, this is how Chastea says, never to get angry. And even something that you should get angry about. Because anger is poison. If you get anger, angry, you lose your own Torah, your own sanity. In fact, the, the language of the Zohar is an, a person who gets really angry, their soul is ripped up. What happens if there's a, there's a, nest, there's a dangerous it's like kidney that's going to run across the street, a person is going to make a bad investment, something is <coughs> lack of reverence? Your family needs to have it. Or tzibur, let's say you're a rabbi, right? People are talking in shul, and you're the rabbi, or you're the, the head, or people are coming in. Well, if God forbid a, a woman would come in provocatively wearing shorts, well, I'm a, I'm a, that's a whoa, into a shul, you think, you should, and, and she knows better. Obviously, if someone, you have to tell anyone would come in like that. But if someone would come in provocatively into a shul, you have to stop it. If she knew better, you have to show a level of anger because she just doesn't care. Um, and so, you have to scream, get, be angry at them. To the mutav, you have to only, it can never be internal anger. It has to be bifneim, shehu koyes kiliyasumin, or vertiyad daitum yushavas beino levein atzmo, ka'adam shu midamakas, it has to be an external anger. Because whenever a person themselves get angry, just know it's damaging. Damaging a person actually physically damages themselves and spiritually damages themselves uh, as well. The Chazanish, of course, the great Gadol, Chaim's uncle, he says, Menamafsidim, we should just know, Hayaisri Karim, from the greatest, from the greatest, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It's the, if there is drawbacks of someone being an educator, a mechanic, a public educator, is is when a person is not is not um, has not worked on their character traits. And a mechanic, if you want to teach and you have not worked on your character traits, have said us of kafulam that the, 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 it is a multiplying effect of your being in a, a, a position of teaching it, it's damaging when a, when a person is disciplining a student with shouting um, shouting shouting at him what you've done you, basically even if you're right it's a mixture of bad and good this will apply in, in marriage and in family dynamics, I just was dealing with a family, um, family planning. Even somebody just spoke to me this week about um, they have non-religious relatives and they're planning for their their parents. The, the, their parent has either dementia or some Alzheimer's. I'm not exactly sure with with, with the case, but they're in a situation where there needs to be serious family planning, and there are family differences. So what, how, what do you think happens if if the if your person tries to pull the point with screaming? I will tell you, almost definitely what will happen is you will estrange the people who you need to work with <laughs> because you need to convince them or put your foot down. But if you if you if you damage the relationship uh, and you estrange them, then certainly the results will come out much worse.
they won't want to work with you, they'll look down at you, so there can be a Chil Hashem as well. But even to get your what you want to accomplished, if they don't like you, because they think you're a nutcase, or you're an angry person, or, or just that you're not nice, or that you're not considerate of their opinions, then you're not going to get what needs to be done. Obviously, if you're, if you're a Jewish parent, you need to make sure they get buried according to halacha, and you don't want to pull the plug and killing them, chalil of any of that, God forbid, any of that should happen. However, when you're dealing with all kinds of people, there are ways to deal intelligently, even if they are wrong, and there's ways to deal unintelligently, and not just unintelligently. There, 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 is, there is a way to do it in a very self-damaging way. Uh, and the Chazanish says it's only by a teacher that's, that, that's, that's the case. Um, that the kid will end up being arrogant and angry if he sees his teacher that way. He'll see him deal in those ways. And we, what, more than any words of a lesson, the kid will remember the demeanor, the character traits of a parent, of a teacher, uh, of a rabbi, of whatever that may be. And that the student is always observing his teachers. Right? Any any uh, discipline supplies, by the way, in a shul. In, in, if you're on a board, for sure. If you are in a in a committee, if you're involved with family members, if you're involved in any chesed organization. And then it, it's you, you can't get what you need to be done accomplished. Sometimes I, I deal with uh, very powerful people, and they have strong opinions, and their angles of they have different points. But the but but the bottom line is, um, Hold one second. Just holding. Sorry, we lost the connection over here. It's bottom line. Hold on, I'm still trying to get back on over here. Recording in progress. I'm back. Bob is back. Okay, so the bottom line is, one second.
Hello, folks. I don't know what happened there. I was kidnapped. It must have been too, too holy. Uh, um, but let's just go back to the bottom one I was pointing out is that the, the children or students are, are certainly will, will learn from the, bad, from the bad habits. And it's extraordinarily important. And I will just say, uh, you know, I was mentioned before, if you have nephews or nieces who are of young age or grandchildren or still, you, you are, they're all, I'm just going to custom this for people to call, you are the great teachers of them. You are the, their examples of the religious Jew, you are really, to them, the, the, you're the equivalent of some big rabbi in Bnei Brak. And therefore, Khalilah, if any of you, or myself, certainly, I always, I live with this reality as well, is that if we uh, attempt to help people, and <coughs> we, we ourselves are lacking, Khalilah, then we're not helping them, we'll only be hurting them. The Akfar Amru, actually, this is the Talmud Yushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud says, amazing thing, Yalfinim Kokalta, U Bintankanta Yalfinim. People are more apt or want to learn from the negative. It's easy for them to pick up on the negative things, and that's what they'll uh, pick up. Uh, pick up. It's harder to achieve the positive. Certainly, we could achieve the positive, but it's easier to pick up the negative. They can make a, a, a proof. He bring a proof to the Chazanish. What the Gemara says in Menachas, the Yasser of Tarfim. Of Tarfim, of course, is a contemporary of Kiva. The Kikashele. was sitting down. The Gemara Menachas said uh, this was uh, learning about the Omer, which was brought down on the second day of Pesach. The Kikashele Ma Ben Kodem LeOmer, the Kodem Shtei Alechem. So he's trying to figure out. Uh, um, what well, what was it about the Omer and the Shte in the Shte Lachem? I found Yehuda ben Echemia, or it's Rabbi Yehuda ben Echemia. Lo, I'm not to come the Omer. She can't hold the Meklal Etzlo Hadiot. So he said this 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 um um. He was, he was asking if the Omer comes before the Shtelecha. This Yehuda ben says, if you say that a Mincha offering before an Omer, Omer is not good, uh, so too, is, is it, it's, he asked a question from this. So, I'm not going to go through the whole thing back and forth. It, it's it's uh, uh, the... Uh, it was like a, a question um, that someone considerably younger asked him. It's a technical question. And uh, and Rabbi Tarfon uh, was quiet because he was right, this young student, and he and the student was um, and the student uh, that uh, get all excited. So the uh, the Gemara says that he that that. that that Rikiva said to this young guy, "How dare you publicly uh, reprimand? Uh, you know, Rikiva was not upset at all. On the contrary, he was happy that he got an answer. Rikiva was upset that this student uh, was, this, you know, did, did the opposite. 
And so it brings a whole raya, a whole proof that, that you shouldn't do this, and that the wrong, that, that for a kid to have negative midas, that's where Rebekiva was so concerned. Fine, I'm going to hold it, it's a little bit technical. This is super important. By the way, super important for, for all times. The, a lot of the chenech is the way we act in our house. If a mother is not the same as the father, a child can't become an halacha soramur, which is a way we're a child, because it only, only of a ben, basically, a ben soramur was when both parents are in in it, have the same the same short shortcomings, but if it, they're different, then it won't be it won't be vahorim. Excuse me. Um, and parents uh, who have children, he brings down also, it's very important, if you have children, and you tell these kids, um, you are the smartest, you are the best, and even if it happens to be true, they are the smartest and the best, and even though they mean well, because you want to encourage them, she says at times it can actually cause a negative. So there's a healthy sense of self-esteem, and there is a, there's a not as healthy. Why? It could be bad. believable. These kids can think they are the great, they are the greatest, and they are the smartest. The garmim shemisnaklim lechavim, and then they look down on other people and disparage them and pogim him. And then in the end, they can be. Um, despise because you ever see like, a, an obnoxious or haughty person they think they're so smart they're always right they're such a good athlete uh, very often these students will go into yeshiva and there are people that are actually better than them and they, they, they think they're the best and many of them are not successful it causes them to collapse causes some of them to even have real social issues because they had the wrong impression of uh, themselves. And now if this kid gets told, you know, you're wrong. So this kid, his parents always, I actually have this called family synopsis, the, parent can ne- the kid can never do wrong. And now a rabbi or a rabbi tells them they're wrong, they, this kid will look at them like they're nuts. I'm wrong? My, my parents never think I'm wrong. So a parent who never disciplines, never just tells a kid, you're great, you're great, even as a place for self-confidence and self-esteem, you're going to actually, could actually damage a kid. Even if the kid's wrong, and it's important that a kid um, be able to appreciate Torah study and Torah and Rebbeim. Vashem Yisparach, Hashem should give us a, 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 a proper ability to mechanach our children properly. And very important is that a parent always prays for a child. There's a, there's a chant of Amr Maisa, but Kohen Echad. There's a Maisa of one Kohen that was a Yirei Shemaim, had a lot of fear. It's also from Tamayol. And everything he would do in the. the Good deeds, but we do it privately. Via Asara Bonim, and he had uh, ten children from ten children from his wife. 
six boys and four girls. Every single day he would daven. And we would prostrate in Mubakish Rachamim, Umadlaklech, Bulashanov, and literally lick the dust to the ground. He would, in other words, he would pray so, so intensely. Kadesh lo yavo echa mehanli de avera, lolitli de varmacho, that not one of these children, Khalila vechas, should God forbid should come to do any sin or not or anything which is disgusting. For Amr lo yatasa oisashana, he did not live through that year. Veloshenis, veloshlishis, ad sheba Ezra. When Ezra came and took the Jews from Babylonia, Babylonia, Babylonia to Eretz Yisrael for rebuilding the second base of Migdash, vehela kashbarach al yado es somi bavo. In this corner, went with him. This corner every day would pray for six boys and four girls, cried for them, prayed with all of his heart. Ended up going up to the up to Eretz Yisrael with Ezra. Ezra. This Kohen, by the time he died, he saw Kohanim Gedolim and his children were Kohanim Gedolim or Pirchei Kohunam Ibanov, and his and his not only Kohanim Gedolim, the young Chashiv Kohanim came from his descendants. Ad Chamisu Shon, and he lived fifty years, and he saw before he died. I love Hakasim Oimer Betach Pashem Asatayv. Shachan Eretz Yisrael, trust Hashem to do good, dwell in the land, and nurse with it. In other words, he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, prayed for his for his children. A parent's prayer for his child um, is the most precious. Because of the Chavetz Chaim, the Mishnaburu, Rovi Nachman, the Chol Adam, Leispal, the Cholyom, the Yichud Shaloyamash, the Torah, person always daven. The Torah should not depart. Mi pivu pizaro v'zarazaro from his children, all his descendants. And his descendants should truly be, be those who serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It should not be found. A spiritual defect in his descendants. If a person's a parent's prayers for a child are they are extraordinarily auspicious and accepted easily. Kumashikasa, the Sforno, as a Ravagas Sforno, the great Italian sage, uh, points out why it is accepted. Because any prayer that's done believe Shalom with a full heart, those are the most likely prayers to be accepted. When a parent prays for a child, their heart's in it. The, you know, when, when you, when a person's having a big deal, you make it, you can make millions of dollars. And it's on the table. It's legitimately, you can have. You see it, and you, a person who fears Hashem prays for it. If you, if you should, we should, you should never have this. But I've been in those rooms of surgery, and someone's having surgery, and a relative is praying and saying Tehillim, or davening, and you see them daven for the relative. They're davening and davening that this relative should be healthy, and they feel it. So there, there are people who understand that their nitzchis, their eternity. And the Jewish people's attorney is their children and their grandchildren, and they daven for their children like the, the surgery, and they do it every day. Actually, the stipler going, Reb Chaim's father, someone stopped him on the street and he was talking. Reb Chaim Kanevsky was already a gullible in the Torah, already had finished Torah, all of Torah many times. He was in his 50s. And his father, the stipler, says, that I daven for my son every day. I daven for my Chaimkel every single day. A parent 
always has to daven for child to be Amru. Zal his father, the stipend, actually, he says, would say that you should learn with a child from age seven. Musr, even five minutes a day. Five minutes a day, you should learn. That a child should be raised, a Jewish child should be raised, knowing that the world is not a free-for-all. You learn Musr at age seven. How much is a kid going to get at seven? But you start learning Musr that you know that there's a purpose to the world, that we're in this world for a reason. It's not a free-for-all. You know, children are born vult, wild. There's, there's, there's a tendency there. You know, some kids are more calm by demeanor, but they need to be disciplined. They need to have an understanding. A seven-year-old kid has, does not have a lot of depth of understanding, but to start planting in their head that there is a purpose in this world, the world has a, it's not a free-for-all. And nobody lives forever. And there's a, a kid, even at a young age, gets introduced to concepts, even though it's still far away from their understanding, but concepts like Gan Eden and Gehenim, Garden of Eden and H-E-L-L. You learn with a seven-year-old, you learn a light sefer, for example, Orchas Sadikim, the way of the righteous, of his Meshach, Azman, Yidbok Bahem, Yerushamayim, Yerushamayim, if you start with a kid when they're younger, they'll be clinging to Yerushamayim, Yerushamayim. I will tell you, by the way, I see the children from the school, where my own kids go, but at the school that, that I'm involved with, all kinds of kids, and I, it's amazing to me. So, you know, you, know, you have thousands of kids, and you can see them come in, they're five, six, seven, eight years old, and you're in eighth grade, and they're learning Gemara, and they're, 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 they're davening, and they're into things, and sometimes I see uh, kids in Jewish schools who it's more of a watered down, they still, still get an identity, but it's not the same, it's just, you, you know, you, in, in the, they're 14 years old now, 13 years old, and there's the difference of one kid and another kid, it's like their whole life is starting in a different path. It's like, whoa! It's the chasm. The, the difference is, is, is stark. And you just like, the, the kid did nothing for it at that age, largely. It's just what they were planted into. But their whole life is on a different track. Again, they'll have free will. And there are kids who start out with a very strong track and could even leave the path completely, or sell themselves short completely, and there are people who, who, who start down with a very watered-down chinuch education, or no education, and become like Rabbi Kiva, the greatest of the generation, or great in many ways. But what we do from a young age is very important, and certainly on the, on the majority of cases is the make or break. When a child, when a Jewish child is, is, is raised with fear of heaven, yeah, cold toiv, and they're on the path of good. They're on, they're on the path of good. I, I once gave a, a moshal in one of the classes many years ago that really life is a, a, a yellow brick road. And, and, uh, you know, there's something called the Wizard of Oz. I'm sure you never heard of it. I'll just tell you very briefly. There's a yellow brick road. You get to where you're supposed to. And, and I just said that life is really a yellow brick road. Some people are born on that yellow brick road. When I mean they're born, they're, they're given the education they need to, to have that yellow brick road. And the challenge for them is that they'll see things on the side of the road, 
could be pretty trees, could be distracting people, and they sometimes they get off the road and they think they'll get right back on. And they don't get back on. They get they detour off and they never get back on that yellow brick road. And they the really for these people the goal is stay on that road. Don't get off the road. You're on the road already. Other people are born very, very far off that road. And unfortunately, many people never find the road. Some people, because of their efforts, because of people who prayed earlier, because of um, a person they meet, opportunity, will get on the road. And for they, them too, they need to stay on that road. And that really, that these, the, the, the yellow road is to Shemaim, is to Gan Eden, it's fulfilling our potential. That's a very crude example in life, really, we all have the Yelbrook Road, and the way we can teach our children, or our friends, or our relatives, is what that road is. But even for ourselves, if, if, if the idea is to discipline others, certainly it's by ourselves. We have to know what life is to be self-educated, what life is really uh, about, and what we're here to do is, you know, we mentioned before that a teacher who who's not worked on, can't teach other people. So much of chinuch for other people is a lesson and a message uh, for ourselves as well. And we're always teachers. You know, there's never a point in a person's life. I, I mentioned Mr. Kaiser before, who literally taught many people in San Jose through his actions and through his deeds. And he was a, you know, a, a person who's daven in the shul and decide to learn with other people. We're always teachers in life and we understand how to teach ourselves, how to teach others, then we'll, we'll be putting ourselves on the other road and many, many other people as well. Okay, so we're going to hold here.